Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I think we're ready. It's working, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, how can we start this? Well, Parish, maybe you can say how to pronounce your name correctly. Okay, so it's pronounced <laughs> Barish. <laughs> Barish. Barish, yeah. 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 How, why do you have to be a bit more down? Like, it's because, because when you say Barish, it's, it's more like, I don't know, uh, it's, it's less, less, I don't know, lower pitched, I guess. It's like Barish. It's more okay. like, yeah. Is it also because of the alphabet? Um, I have no idea, actually. I've never been interested in this type of, uh, you know, language... Uh, I don't know, uh, sciences or whatever. <laughs> like I have, I have many friends who are interested <laughs> in those topics, but I, I've never been into the languages and so on. Okay. But well, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm always calling you Barish, but... Yeah, yeah. but that's okay. fine. Yeah. So it's Barish or Barish. <laughs> yeah. And, well, how, how to start this podcast? Um, Barish is a very good friend. Actually, we were living together for one year. Well, I mean... We were supposed to leave. Off, yeah. <laughs> we were supposed yeah. to live in the same house for a year, but because of COVID and because of regulations, he was in Turkey. Unfortunately. But now he's back in Brussels. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Do you want to share something about uh, Turkey? Um, well, I well yeah. For people who doesn't know me, I was born in Turkey uh, in Izmir, a uh, beautiful coast of uh, western coast of Turkey. Um, so yeah, I, I almost spent my whole life there, except uh, these last two years that I was in, in Belgium, uh, on and off. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a nice place, it's, it's generally better, better than, you know, Belgium, <laughs> uh, especially in, in, in these days. Well, well like these days, days, so it's been raining. raining all, every fucking day. Yeah, I think for like last 15 <laughs> days, I mean, it, it's, di it's different with Belgium because, uh, it rains for like I don't know ten seconds and then sun opens up and then it changes every second. I'm not used to that. So you never know what to wear outside, actually. <laughs> no, it's just sometimes it's just too cold. Sometimes it's just really hot. It's just way weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, Belgium is a very particular place. Like no. um, he lives in Leuven and I live in Brussels. And the other day we we were gonna meet up for like beers in the park. And in Leuven there was like a storm. <laughs> and in Brussels there was some sun. And even though, I don't know if you see how big Brussels, uh, Belgium is in the map, it's not that big. Yeah. <laughs> but the season can change like from 10 meters to 10 meters. Yeah. It is very weird. <laughs> it is very weird. So, I don't know, let me, tell me something about your favorite Turkish food. My favorite Turkish food, um, I would say either something called Iskander which is like a, like a kebab, but then it's more like a fancy, fancy kebab. Oh my god, By so the way, good! For the people who are ignorant out there and thinking <laughs> <laughs> kebab is German, it's not, you know. I, I, I've been discussing. <laughs> no, I've been discussing this with people and they was like, thinking, oh, uh, you know, kebab is German. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? No, it's not. Um, and the other one is something called uh, dolma, it's basically stuffed peppers. Uh, with minced meat or and rice. Is that Turkish or Balkan? Well, let's not get into that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> because my flatmate no. tonight is gonna cook that. As oh really? Is. Oh my god. <laughs> um, you know, those two cultures are very intertwined. I would say. Uh, so it's like I, I wasn't there to know <laughs> who made it first, really. But that's like a dish that uh, is very common. Like my grandma used to do it, so that's how I know it. Uh, but I don't really have much info about the, you know, <laughs> the origins. Yeah, but I mean, those 
like the Mediterranean in general have a lot of dishes that are very similar. Balkans, Mediterranean. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, uh, Italians are a bit different in mm. the sense they have more, uh, you know, pasta and stuff like this, or like more bread stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the cuisine that I like mostly. Uh, Mediterranean, that's the good food. Not, <laughs> not like. <laughs> <laughs> not like Belgium cuisine, not that no, I want to say something I mean, bad about it, but yeah. <laughs> I, I know some people are from Belgium, uh-huh. so... <laughs> okay, I mean, fries I mean, are nice people. Fries okay. are nice, yeah. but I mean, living in Belgium, you also can to kind of get to know to the, like, there's more than fries, you know? Like, I come from Peru, like, when I arrived the first time, I was eating kebab with my brother, like, a lot. We were eating kebab once per week, because that was our comfort dish, you know? But, like, in Peru, we'll be eating, I don't know, ceviche or, like... That's also very nice, I have to cook that once. Or, I don't know, like, comfort food would be pollo a la brasa. There's, like, um, roasted chicken with uh, fries aside. But it's not, mm. like, any roasted chicken, you know? It's not, like, a simple... Okay. It's not a mortal uh, roasted chicken. It's very tasteful. <laughs> because we use a lot of uh-huh. spices that are, like... Yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of my friends of Peru that are listening to this. I hope so. <laughs> and... We use that as a comfort food, you know, but like, I don't know, sushi is also great, but like yeah. Peruvian fusion, because we have a lot of um, Chinese-American fusion, mm-hmm. also like African, but like, here when I arrived, I was like, okay, so what should I eat? And I have a lot of friends here in Belgium that taught me the cuisine, and there is much more, you know, there's like uh, La Carbonade, or uh, Les Boulettes Viejoises, have you tried them? Which is? The, um, they're like meatballs? With a special sauce. It's kind of sweet sauce. It's fried as well, in the order? No. <clears throat> uh-huh. So you have them <laughs> with fries aside. And yeah, I guess. Fries are always <laughs> there. Fries are always included. <laughs> or potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing goes here, people. It's the truth. <laughs> it's unfortunate. And also potatoes come from Peru, so... Uh-huh. Yeah, they do. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not even kidding. that grossy. <laughs> oh no, no, but I mean, it was okay. the, the Spanish conquest that brought uh, potatoes to the new world, uh-huh. not to the, yeah. to the old continent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that I know. So yeah, they come from Peru. Now you know something. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. No, okay, I don't know. what yeah. else can we, um, how can we start this? without being that awkward? Let's see. Well, <laughs> pick something. <laughs> There's a box that Valentina prepared here with questions. <laughs> Translate good, bad, happy, beautiful. How are you doing? <laughs> in Turkish. In, in my own language, okay. So good means i. 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 Bad means uh, kötü. Kötü. Happy mutlu. Mutlu. Beautiful güzel. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Nasılsın? Nasılsın? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. Do I just pick yeah, another pick one? Yeah, another one. Aha. Okay. We're just going through this. <laughs> What would your superpower be? Huh. Um, I think I'd like to travel in time. And where would you go? For sure. Um, I would for sure go to Egypt uh, when they were building the pyramids. Just to see what the fuck is going on there. (laughs) Like, I just want to see. But apart from that, I I would also like to go uh, to Ice Age also. Um, And... Yeah, I mean, that's just like I would use it every day. <laughs> I would just leave this. <laughs> you part. get bored of the of your reality and then you just go back. Yeah, I mean, just like the big events, like uh, it would be nice to see. I think like many things. Uh, also, in Italy, in the uh, in the times of uh, Renaissance, for example, that would be very cool. 
That would be very cool. Or bird war. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily like live in, <laughs> if I can observe from But you know, outside. like with a, like yeah. a, a piece of gl a glass yeah. between okay, both so of you. If I'm protected, then I would like to go to the bird war. Uh, you wouldn't like to be in the trenches, of just to see, Just to see, you know, just to see. But I think that if I could teletransport in time, I would also get, go to like ancient times to see like how they developed these like gods system you know like mm -hmm. how do you start believing in the god of fire or the god of uh, or the sun in general like i think you don't know this but like uh, in Inca empire uh the sun was the god so inti it was called like this it was the sun the, the god so incas were the, the sons of the sun mm -hmm. and yeah so like how do you start venerating sun or like i think it's moon? very common like for example i know um some prehistoric people in uh, in either like Asia but not like Far East but it's like Middle Asia mm -hmm. they used to believe in, in, in moon and there were more cultures that I believe that they also uh, see the sun as a god I mean I think it's pretty easy to choose moon and sun as a god I mean it's just there well uh, here no <laughs> here no of course you cannot see oh actually there's sun now for some reason but like something majestic just happened so I just have no. to say that in my room okay I have a very small room well my, my room is big but my, my, my house is small but you always get light at this time like there is one ray of sun mm -hmm. it's the sun bum I think boom Whatever. Beam. Beam. Yeah. <laughs> and you get it just here. And yeah. that's cool. Like it's directly in your face right now. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because you said there's no sun and then <laughs> immediately I'm blinded by the sun. <laughs> okay, for some people that don't know this, actually Barish is someone that has supported me a lot <laughs> in this project. <laughs> like really, sometimes it's you, it takes friends that actually support friends, you know? Yeah. Like even the person that got me this microphone or like the Polaroid camera you know like you also were in I don't know if you have friends that have dreams I'm always repeating this but like really support your friends and like let them let them dream even if it's something stupid like recording a podcast and setting up a podcast for 30 minutes no one hour and a half maybe yeah. <laughs> no it's true like I'm, I'm I'm really super proud of you for doing it because it's really difficult we saw how difficult <laughs> it was before starting this podcast but uh but I'm just really happy that you are doing this it's I hope you continue doing it. I'm, I'm also happy that I'm first unofficial guest in the podcast I, 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 I'm, I'm honored Thank and you. also he is a very big fan of podcasters I am so that also makes me Like, you give me a lot of more comfort because you know how this goes yeah, on, you yeah, know? Yeah. We don't have someone controlling, but still. We're managing, we're managing. I, I would <laughs> say. And this is the first episode, people, so if there's any <laughs> So, <laughs> if you're still listening until now, well, the important stuff is coming ahead, so don't, don't get bored yet. And what about, um, how did you start listening to podcasts? Um, I think I started when I was uh, in CD House. Um, at nights I would just <clears throat> listen podcasts to, you know, just to ease my mind. Uh, I mean, I don't need to give a little background story, but while we were together with Valentina in, in, in the same house, so I was working with this organization and I was financial director of the organization. It was a lot of work to do. And then at nights you just need to, you know, <laughs> do something fun or just, uh, you know, get your mind uh, to somewhere else. And podcasts really helped me about that. Uh, and then when COVID hit, It was like, oh my God, uh, I was listening to podcasts every day, all day. Uh, I think that really helped me a lot uh, to go through, you know, just that period of time. Uh, 
so yeah I, I got hooked by it and now even now <clears throat> I think in daily I watch podcasts I listen podcasts like variety of them uh, but it's also very nice because it really like sparks a lot of uh, interests and uh, inspiration in many ways that you cannot even imagine like I don't even I, I didn't even think that I would for example be interested in something like archaeology or um, I don't know anything but um, but yeah that's how I basically and started. do you remember the first podcast you ever listened to um yeah I do remember <coughs> so it was it was the uh, the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> um, the how I how I found it out was I was also trading in that time, uh, so I was like, you know, a lot into the, the news cycle and so on, and there was this episode where Elon Musk went to Joe Rogan and smoked weed, <laughs> and that was on the news, and I was like, <laughs> why Elon Musk is smoking weed on a podcast with this bald guy, and who is this bald guy? Well, by the way, I sent you today, like, um, Elon Musk put this, like, random name of a robot yeah. to, to his new baby like yeah <laughs> you just don't give a fuck if you don't have that much money and what was this podcast about um i think he's just like a really genius guy um and it was really interesting to see because like in media normally you always have sound bites of people um five minutes of people speaking about something flashy or 10 minutes about something that's very specific but when you have people for I don't know three hours uninterrupted and just discussion you really get to know a lot of, about people and their interest and how their mind works and in this case it was like this guy is like you know uh, out of his mind is really genius so um, yeah that was my first podcast so I listened to it yeah and what are the <laughs> like the topics that you actually like well, uh, I mean, I know that it varies <laughs> from conspiracies to technology yeah, and to like, but like, lot. what are the the main podcasts that you listen right now? Um, the main podcasts I, I listen a lot about meditation these mm. days uh, of the just guided meditations also um, because it's really very very hard to find uh, you know a meditation teacher, especially in these times and so on. Uh, and we are students, it's not like we're gonna, <clears throat> you know, find a meditation <laughs> teacher and uh, ask questions every day. But there are some people out there that's like the good thing about internet. Mm. They just put it out there, and some of them actually answer your questions because it's not so big of podcasts and so on. Um, so I like that aspect of it. And what else? I like um, things about history for sure and politics um, that I listen a lot. In, in, in regular, I listen a lot of politics because also just just to catch up with what's going on. Apart from that, just just anything like conspiracy theories, as you said, or just um, archaeology. Um, well, a lot of about AI and robotics and um, well drugs and uh, medical use of drugs and so on. Um, yeah, those type of things. In general, what do you watch? Well, <clears throat> I think that I'm trying to recall the first time that I listened to a podcast, but I think it was actually after seeing the Midnight Gospel. Yeah. Because uh, we were also talking, like, he wasn't in Brussels, but I was with Alvaro, one yeah. of our friends. Yeah. He won't listen to this because he won't. Probably He's a not. busy man. But <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Alvaro. Hi, Alvaro, yeah. By any chance. Yeah, you're not gonna, but... No. <laughs> 
No, I think he will because it's both of us. So maybe, probably. Well, doesn't matter. Yeah. The thing that we were in quarantine, and uh, just to give a background information, we were living in a house of eleven people, but because of quarantine, most of these people had to go home. So it was Alvaro, me, and two other friends that that I love with all my heart that I don't think they will listen to <laughs> me there. <laughs> but um, so we were like. We had an attic, and this attic was magic, and you know it. The fa- the fucking attic was amazing. You could do anything, you know. We, I was painting there, I was doing sports there, I was doing like a lot of stuff, and um, so we started to watch the series, the Midnight Gospel. Everybody that looks at this series is like, hmm, it's very weird because I think you like the the graphic part is very weird, and the background part is also very weird. So I was like, okay, I like it. It sounds very like promising, but I am not yet there. And I don't know. Then I started. I really like TED talks. Mm-hmm. Like I watch a lot of TED talks since like all my life. Also because in my school we had this like culture of doing TED talks. So I did a TED talk once of photography, and I don't know. I was like, I watched that on videos in YouTube. Like you know the one this channel, uh, the one that I sent to you. Yep, that one. Uh, That one, or like, there's so many channels that you can learn so many things. And you just put it there and you do some stuff, like you're cooking, or you're like, I mean, some of my friends live with their parents, so you don't need to do this, but sometimes (laughs) you need to clean, or you know, like all this stuff. And I don't know, I just put it there. And I started listening to Daniel Trussell. Mm-hmm. And I actually liked him. Great fucking podcast. Yeah, he's a fucking <laughs> cool man. Yeah. And then I I got into Joe Rogan. And mm-hmm. uh, he was inviting people that I actually liked. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, I also discovered so many things of, like, a conversation. You know, like, you can learn so much about conversations. So that fueled you to do it, mm-hmm. in a sense? In a sense, yeah. But, like, I'm a person that sometimes people are going to tell their lives you know, they're gonna, they, they find me like an ear. Mm-hmm. And I like to listen sometimes. Sometimes I am doing the talking as well. But like, I think that the biggest life lessons I've ever had were from people. Like, how to be as a person. Like, I see the, the traits and characteristics of someone and I'm like, hmm, I like that. I want to take that for me. And uh, living in Brussels also made this, you know, like, you are surrounded by people that come from everywhere that are interested in everything, that um, have a story to tell. And I don't know, like, since I started listening to podcasts, I really started to listen, like, deeper into the conversation. Because we will talk about this because we're going to talk about meditation and mindfulness and how to be in the present, you know? And I don't know, like, in general, I'm a person that is, like, very hyperactive. And sometimes I'm not really... It's not because I don't want to listen, but it's because, like, I don't know, my... Like, right now, I'm just talking about anything. Yeah. So, I was like, hmm, all these conversations, like, sometimes I'm going to forget them. And I'm like, hmm, that's a pity, because you can imagine you could actually play back this and say, huh, wow, super nice lesson. Yeah. And I think that podcasts are a very interesting way to keep record of this. Yeah, you know? I think so, too. Mm. It's very cool. Yes. Very cool. But, um... So, how can we slowly get to meditation? Like, maybe you can tell me, how did you start meditating? Um, well, my meditation thing was, it wasn't like a linear line, I would say. I was really interested about Buddhism since since I was, I think, in high school. I started reading a lot about it. It's, there's a really a world there. 
um, and I, I used to read a bunch of fucked up shit when I was in high school, just whatever I can find that is out of reality. And when I found uh, this Buddhist uh, teachings and books and what, whatever have you, um, it was crazy because it was just like, uh, you know, how you know you have this, I don't know, uh, different type of uh, gods and different type of uh, explanations of them by different lineages and different types of uh, understanding. So it's... It's not very safe because it, it there's like I don't know thousand different way of meditating uh, in in Buddhist tradition depending on who is doing the guiding basically, but I never practiced it. I don't know why I never practiced it. Maybe it was because because I'm also speaking about seven eight years ago. Meditation wasn't a thing that people do, and it was more like. A joking point, I would say, for many people, it was like, "Ah, oh, you meditate? What you gonna be a monk or something?" <laughs> um, or now, are you hippie? Or yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> or something like this, you know. And I, I don't know. Maybe I was a bit in effect of that, uh, but I never get to um, the practice part, which is a fatal mistake because it's really difficult to understand what these people are saying if you don't put it in practice and only say in the theory. Um, so yeah, then the time passed, and uh, in in recent, I think two years ago it was, um, I I really wanted to go for it because I, I kept reading about Buddhism in general, um, and how you start is with basically the mindfulness. Mindfulness is like the beginning of the uh, meditation journey. I would say it's it's like a base of the house. Um, so you really need to set that base very strong, um, so then you can build on it. Um, a lot of people in general now think like mindfulness is uh, the only thing. It's, it's become also like a more like a buzzword now for some reason. Everybody knows what mindfulness is, but not really. Um, it's also partly because these apps that we listen, for example, I also know you have that app, Headspace. for example. Yeah. Um, it's like 10 minutes guided or five minutes guided <laughs> things. Um, I. It can be really different from, you know, what the traditional way is. But, I mean, that's not something necessarily bad. But I just think that uh, it's very difficult um, to keep up with it. But what you're saying is very true. Like, it's a whole world out there, yeah. you know. And Headspace or, like, these meditation apps that you can find and you can download in one click. I think it's not, like, how you should really see meditation because meditation is much more like even the meditation apps translate the, the words into English you know yeah. because if not it would be another another type of words in yeah. you know so you have to make it like you have to really chew it for kids you know yeah you have to reduce it in a way that it's easy to understand yeah because like people are like what you were saying like ah you meditate you yeah, do yoga yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean my parents are those type of people you know yeah. like I have uh, um, I have family m members that actually did yoga and they were kind of like the the joke of my family for yeah. a while you know mm -hmm. because like why would you do yoga you're just like stretching you're moving like in a random way what does that do to your body you know mm -hmm. so all these apps are like and I think this was also quarantine that did it you know yeah. like you realize how important your your mental health is, you know? So all these apps are actually, like, helping you to introduce yourself to the, to that world. Yeah. It's not the basis, as you're saying. It's not the foundation. Like, you shouldn't take that as, like, the only thing of how to meditate. And I, yeah. and I say it for myself. Like, mm -hmm. when I started meditating, I... Because I have insomnia for a while. I have, I've had insomnia, like, for 
since I'm 17 until I was 19. It, it goes and comes back and goes and comes back. And I was like, actually, I could find a way. So I was like watching videos on YouTube. And yeah, you, they tell you like how to meditate. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, to stay still and try to focus on, 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 your breath, on your breathing and stuff. But what they don't teach you is how to breathe, you know? No. Because that's also like the basis. You have yeah. to go to breathing first after meditation. Yeah. But sometimes it's what you learn afterwards, you know? It's true. So I think that like those apps are good to start. Mm-hmm. So if you're like curious about um, starting, you can... Yeah, Headspace is cool. Like, it's very easy. No, for sure. It's also in terms of accessibility. Mm. You know, that's one thing out there that everyone can just download it. Other types of meditations and <clears throat> other types of, you know, traditions, it might not be so easy to find. Um, in that sense, it's very nice. <clears throat> but what I also don't like as much is people sometimes see meditation as something to relax or something to... Um, maybe relax is a bad word, but more like something to calm the like tranquilize their feelings or like how do you say like taking drugs basically but it's not really that it's basically uh, awakening um that's what the essen- in the essence of it the meditation is basically being more aware of things uh which is the opposite of uh you know being in the state of um numbing yourself mm-hmm. i guess i would say um so i guess there's also a perception uh problem there what the mm-hmm. people are having um but yeah what i wanted to say um yeah about uh yeah those apps i also started with those apps like uh, to be honest with you um it was nice uh, and then after some point i realized that it's it just scratches the surface and then i i went back to the books and uh listen to the podcast and how to do it uh in the essence of it like do you want to go deep into what's like actually totally mindfulness is yeah like um uh-huh. i actually found one meditation definition uh, you go with your meditation yep. i go with my med- totally med- but yeah. i i actually <laughs> want to tell you this yeah. so you that yeah. you actually are more into this and mm-hmm. you have some ex- expertise in this what do you think about this definition okay. so there are different popular types of meditation practice well there's a mindfulness meditation which is the most known. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm doing mindfulness. Like, sometimes we're saying that, but we're not doing that. So mindfulness meditation, um, well, it comes from Buddhist teachings and is the most popular meditation technique in the West. Well, you don't... (coughs) Sorry, I've never talked that much. (laughs) Okay, so in mindful meditation, you pay attention to your thoughts as they pass through your mind. You don't judge the thoughts or become involved with them. You simply observe and take note of any patterns. And this practice combines concentration with awareness. You may find it helpful to focus on an object or your breath while observe any bodily sensation, thoughts or feelings. This type of meditation is good for people who don't have a teacher to guide them, as it can be easily practiced alone. What do you think about that? (coughs) I think it's correct in the sense that it generally gives the idea what mindfulness meditation is. So what I know from uh, the Tibetan Buddhism uh, is translation for meditation in Tibetan Buddhism is called GOM, G-O-M, which literally means getting used to it uh, or getting familiar with anything, basically. So meditating, in a sense, it can be running, it can be mindfulness, it can be 
I don't know, studying, or it can be anything that you just really get familiar with. So um, it's, it's really a big concept. Uh, but what mindfulness means is uh, is the base that I told you about this in Tibetan Buddhism that you just really need to build that core and you really need to stick to it for like, I don't know, at least some months and months. Uh, because if you're not going to do that properly, because it's the easiest thing out there uh, to do, uh, building is going to fall basically uh, if you're trying to go deeper. And what what's good in the Tibetan Buddhism that they say is it's better when you go deeper. Um, always you try to go deeper and mindfulness is only only a beginning mindfulness what it does when you there's only there's three steps of mindfulness you sit down you sit down uh, in, in uh, like I don't know mm-hmm. back straight and then you uh, have the classic Indian pose and then hands on the knees and uh, what people uh, confuse us you don't close your eyes you don't uh, like block your uh, like seeing vision you just lay your eyes down to i don't know six feet on the ground uh, just laying there um, and then what you're trying to do is just focus on the breath and that's the second part is breathing and how you how you need to breathe and so on the the, the important part is not too soft not too hard as in about anything you just don't need to be like <laughs> like i'm gonna do very like it's just natural breathing but not so also not like you know like uh, daily breathing mm-hmm. i would say and then the third one is the ideas um, and i think that's quite correct definition when it comes to that what happens is uh we have this uh, spaghetti mind or monkey mind it just goes places when you sit down and you think Oh, this is easy. I'm just going to focus on my bed. And then suddenly you think about your studies and then what you're going to eat in the dinner and then what you said to some person five years ago and so on. And then suddenly you realize, ah, my mind was wandering. And that moment and that realization of, oh, my mind was wandering, that's awareness. Um, So when you realize that, you just need to label the whole thing as a, oh, that was thinking. Label thinking and then go back to reading. Um, and then if it comes up, comes back again, label thinking and go back to bread again and do this for designated amount of time. What, what's good is like you say, I will do this for 20 minutes and I will sit down through for 20 minutes without any distractions and any movement and so on. So I will go through it. Um, and yeah, that's basically uh, the beginning. And then of course the parts that um, comes after it where you need to somehow uh, practice those things in daily life um, because it increases focuses on things but then you also need to build some certain awareness that you need to realize the patterns that you are uh, giving the reactions of any type of event basically so for example there's a car alarm going on uh, I realize it oh, but it doesn't really need to bother me in a sense so that's basically the second part of awareness of it and then once you develop that habit of doing it constantly, um, then you can go deeper with the things like ego or things like uh, consciousness or like how you behave to others or just like compassion and so on. And those things are like, in general, very hard things to do, achieve. Um, and what, what's, what's hard about it is it seems like very easy in the beginning, mindfulness in general, but it's really not in the sense that when people sit down stuff comes up and it's not always easy um so it's very hard to go back to the uh, meditation every day 
because people just don't want to see the things they want to ignore the things and uh, there's a good analogy for it it's like imagine <laughs> your I don't know couch is burning but you're trying to uh, put water on the like I don't know uh, on the table but there's like a and then you, you eventually forget about the fucking couch burning there uh, because you just ignore it so much and you just block your thoughts about it so much it, this this habit you develop for years and years you just ignore it and uh, and what meditation does is just <laughs> realize it's, the fucking couch is burning you just mm. need to do something about it to you know improve your life which is hard for people it's not easy to you know change yourself in the habits also we don't want to see when things are going wrong like i have an analogy of <clears throat> so there is someone that is locked out of their house and they're looking for the keys so someone comes and say so where is the keys where did you lo lose the keys and the person is like inside of the house mm -hmm. and he was like so why are you looking for the keys outside of the house if the keys are inside mm -hmm. and he was like because inside it's very dark And the analogy is that like sometimes we know the problem, we see it, but we're like, no, it's it's kind of scary, yeah. and we don't want to get into that, yeah. you know. And yeah, like I was actually when you were talking about the how breathing is so important, like as I was telling you, it's so mm -hmm. important to start with that as well. Yeah. Like you know when you get scared, like if I push you, mm -hmm. you're gonna like, you know, like yeah. you're gonna inhal inhalate. Yeah. But like you know when you're like. Well, there's like this analogy with falling in love that mm -hmm. you're just like, <laughs> you yeah. know, you're exhaling. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, like we have this already uh, involuntary mm, reactions, mm -hmm. but nobody teaches us how to breathe in and It's breathe true. out. How do you actually learn how to breathe in and, you know, like how to apply that in meditation? Like for someone that mm -hmm. doesn't know. Um, so if, if, if uh, you guys are good at YouTube, you can search for Wim Hof method. There's this guy, Dutch guy, who is crazy with breathing. He just goes to ice naked and they just like breathes in the water, uh, like, I don't know, holds his breath for minutes and minutes and he just like builds this technique of, uh, you know, breathing really good. And he, he really thinks that by breathing you can even beat diseases and so on, which is which is crazy. Like we normally you don't even realize how many times you're breathing in a day, but it's just twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand and we do it wrongly. No, like, I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with not that? even managing that. You know, how how hard that can be. Um, but yeah, I mean that helped me a lot. Just also to realize, you know, like I've never thought about how I'm breathing actually and, and so on. Um, but also I think um, in the uh, meditation, it's not so, you know, uh, important as uh, as someone thinks. It's just as a, it works as an anchor, basically. Um, you can you can deep, uh, like breathe deeply, or you can just do normally. Um, it wouldn't really affect the uh, outcome, probably. What 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 is the essence of the uh, like focusing on breathing is just it's something that you can bring it to everywhere. It's not like a picture or it's not like a bottle um, that you should you know uh, bring it to places where you meditate. Your breath is always there; it's not going to go anywhere. So it's it's constant, so it's easy to focus on that. Um, in the meditation, I don't think in at least the part that I got, but 
I also have a disclaimer. <laughs> I'm a student <laughs> of this Even craft, if he you know. sounds very like he's he's actually my meditation coach. Let's <laughs> let's not a not a good meditation teacher. Yet. No, okay. but it's true that actually we're giving this information like no. if it was like you know, but it's also kind of rocket science. You know, like it's very complex. Yeah, it could so be sometimes you have to listen to this as a very introductory thing to meditation yeah. and mindfulness, but. But I, but I also I can be easily wrong like, <laughs> like on some things. It's something very true is that this is a lot of bullshit as well. Yeah. So I mean YouTube channels and a lot of articles are involved, but we don't have like any monk here that no. is like proof checking. Proof checking. Yeah. So if you're very interested, then just do it by yourself. Maybe you know Tibetan. But we're yeah. gonna talk about that book afterwards. But yeah. Well, go back to your what you were saying. What was I saying? I don't know. Um, what were we talking about breathing? About breathing, yeah. yeah. You know what I, I what I found out? What? Uh, I, Surprised me. <laughs> I, I sent this video to Valentina the other day. It's called holotropic breathing. Oh my god! It's yeah. called DMT breathing. Mm. So it's basically what you do is just like you intensely breathe for like I don't know for <laughs> for a minute and then you hold you you hold it for I don't know yeah, as long as you can and then you in, like exhale and hold it as long as you can without the oxygen and then do it for three rounds and then you somehow more like <laughs> relax or in this weird state sometimes if you do it hard but what i what i found out the science about it i was really not happy about it why because um so people actually do that for three hours straight what? um in, in in there was some experiment going on I, I cannot remember what was it exactly but so they basically these people um experience the spiritual experiences of you know like um, like that's why they call it DMT because DMT is an indi- indigenous uh, particle that is in your brain, uh, but also the most profound and most uh, powerful drug known to human beings, uh, which is in your brain. Um, and this breathing, they say, basically pushes that thing. And I found out why is because your body thinks that you are fucking dying because you're breathing and exhaling. Uh, for a very long time, for so fast, it actually thinks that you are dying, uh, and then the the hallucinations and so on that it comes after you do it for this type time time period. Three hours. Yeah, wow. it can be crazy. They say so. I I, I don't know. I, maybe I will stop doing it because I was like I'm not gonna do it for like three hours for sure. But I'm doing it for like maybe twenty minutes, yeah. and that's already like a bit like calming you down and so on. Uh, but yeah, apparently science is not so good behind it. Like, uh, I was actually watching uh, a video about it. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, I wrote it down. I have a little book here. So it's actually a TED talk that mm-hmm. I watched. Uh, it's Lucas Rockwood. He's a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. And he talks about like, there's different types of... Uh, you can compare breathing to different kinds. Like for example, there's water breathing. That's always good, you know? Then there's whiskey breathing, that from time to time... Whiskey breathing? Yeah, whiskey breathing. <laughs> okay. But it's just like to give a, a like, you know, um, analogy to the breathing. Mm. Then you have coffee breathing, that, you know, a bit to boost your mood every day or okay. it's okay. Yeah. But after a while, it will just make you nervous, yeah, you know? I see. And it talks about like, um, so there are for different things. Like water breathing is for balance. Like if you want, so it's like for in... You inhale for and you exhale for, so we can actually do it afterwards. Mm-hmm. The other one, whiskey breathing, is for sleeping. 
and it's for inhalation, um, eight out, exhalation, exhaling, exhalation, exhaling, exhaling. I'm sorry, sometimes I'm very fucked up with with, with languages, like uh, I don't know what I'm talking anymore. And then you have coffee breathing. That you have to um, exhale ten times. Sorry, COVID breathing. Coffee. Ah, coffee breathing. I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is COVID breathing? It's like a trauma because of quarantine. Yeah. Okay. No, but there's <laughs> coffee breathing, but you're exhaling ten times. Like what? What okay. do a DMT thing? Like yeah. you're like ten times. Not like ten that's times. Intense. And then you and then you breathe in and then you breathe out. Yeah. But that's like to get cranked up and to get moving. Yeah. You know? But if you do too much of coffee breathing, then yeah. it's not good. You know, yeah, anything yeah, yeah. in in excesses. It's crazy because you can get high with oxygen. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. I've experienced this before. I was in our friend's home at Alvaro's home. <laughs> and uh, after a long night, I, I went and I opened the window and I did this. I was I was really high from breathing. It was very interesting. Like I was not expecting it. But you don't know how important breathing is. Like, mm-hmm. as, as I was saying before, you can breathe 25,000 times per day. It's and sometimes crazy. we're doing it wrongly yeah. because like we're just keeping it because we're over uh, oxygenating ourselves yeah. and all the air is staying in the in the throat mm-hmm. but not going to the lungs so you're like yeah but you're not actually breathing no. and that's very that's something that actually well for example cancer it's very crazy what i told you the other mm, day like yeah. wait i wrote it down because i was so i have exams don't uh, but i mean this is super interesting so i'm just like noting down uh, where is it? That it prevents cancer? Yeah, no. Um, it's something about cancer. Like, it says that... Um, well, it was uh, it was about how ca- cancer can't live in over-oxygenated... Um, wait. Places? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you, it's not proven completely, but you can actually... Well, you can. You, I can't say you can prevent cancer because I have no idea. But I was reading about this. Like, if we know how to breathe correctly, it's already a strong foundation for your health. Because, like, a lot of things you can prevent a lot of me- men- mental diseases. You can prevent, yeah. like, uh, also the, um, you know, like respiratory problems. Yeah. I was telling Balish before that I had asthma for I don't know how many years, like, ten, nine years, and it was very hard. Like. You know, it's horrible because you take it for granted. You're like, yeah, I'm a human being. I, I, I'm supposed to know how to breathe with no problems. And I would have to be connected to this machine that had to help me breathe for so much time. It's crazy. Yeah, and I had to have this like uh, little puff thing yeah. that I would have to be always like, you know? Yeah, and up. yeah, it's fucked up because I was like always like, I was without air. And uh, then like, I actually don't realize it, but I actually learned how to breathe on, at my own pace. And at the, the pace that my own metabolism needs, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think this is also very important, that you have to listen to what your metabolism needs. Mm-hmm. You don't need to over-exigenate yourself yeah, either. No. But, yeah, I don't know why I was saying And how do you, you, you... You're doing breathing in from the nose or out from the mouth or, like, only using the nose or how do you do it? Well, now I'm doing it in the nose, like, mm-hmm. mostly. But before I couldn't because I was always congestionated, yeah. so I couldn't. I was always uh, by the mouth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like so also like I kind of well, I don't really like medicine in general. Like yeah. you can know my friends that I hate going to the doctor yeah. because no, <laughs> the sun is like amazing <laughs> your face. I'm enjoying. It. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like you have to see this. This never happens. <laughs> like, never. <laughs> But the thing is that, um, so this is a funny story, I don't think I've told you this, mm-hmm. but when I was little, like, 
yeah, I was like very, very constricted to my my habits were I would go three times per not even like two times per week I would go to school because I was sick the, the other three days, you know. I couldn't fucking breathe. It was horrible. And then like my father one day he threw out all the medicines, like all the puffs and stuff like that. And I actually healed with like natural stuff. So what natural stuff? I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it's actually it's a Swiss product called uh-huh. Just. Okay. And it was like thyme and eucalypt. Thyme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thyme can heal. <laughs> That's crazy. But I don't know. I'm also not human being. Mm. You know, I'm supernatural. No, so okay. probably yeah. that. <laughs> but what I wanted to say yeah. <laughs> is that sometimes we're taking breathing for granted, and yeah. like you know, with COVID and all this stuff, like yeah. imagine if we. Because, well, I'm making a lot of connections right now, but, like, also <laughs> anxiety, you mm. know, it's over-oxygenating um, over yourself. Yeah. If you know how to control that since the beginning, like, imagine you're a little kid of five years old, mm-hmm. and they teach you how to breathe correctly. Yeah. We could prevent a lot of things, I would say. I don't think no one ever teached me how to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, like, no. uh, learned from someone? No. No, because... That's interesting. I mean, you're supposed to do one thing correctly. Yeah, this is like automatic, <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I mean, you have to learn how to breathe also to the meditation. Yeah. So tell us, like, how do you keep up with meditation and not lose the motivation to do this every day? Because what's your strike? What's my strike? Yeah, like how many days already you meditate or you don't count it anymore? Uh, no, I don't count it um, in the sense that like I'm not doing it every day. Um, because sometimes it would be just like I would be too tired and there's no um, good for pushing it to, to, to do it um, but I do it quite often because I I'm, I feel like I'm in, in, a, in a part of my life where I need to improve a lot of things about my life um, so I, I feel like this is a good time to do this stuff so I so I go out there like to just you know just to uh, reflect on stuff and so on so that's really something motivating for me and that's that's basically how I started running like uh, in the mornings I was um, realizing that I I, I I was physically not forcing myself enough or not like working out enough um, and then that I don't know I got some weight on and then I was not feeling so good and uh, like I had some health problems with my knees and so on. I was like, what the fuck, I'm 22 <laughs> years old, what's going on? Uh, and then I, I, I was like, okay, I cannot, like, I either let go of this, uh, let go of this or just, you know, started running and now I'm running for 60 days at 4 fucking a.m. Um, I don't know how you do this, but it's discipline. Yeah, it's a discipline. <laughs> it's, it requires some sort of discipline, but it's also, it's also like an ongoing challenge that you have to face with every day that you when you look at your fucking running shoes every day it's there and it's looking at you and you don't want to put it on but sometimes you just fucking put it on and just go um and that's how i feel with meditation as well because um you know it forces things to come out uh and that's not something necessarily you want every day also um but the fact that I'm also doing less mindfulness meditation is that I think I am more in control of that space now in my mind um, where I, I'm aware of how I interact with people and uh, I'm able to, you know, be more aware of things. But now I'm, <laughs> as, as we talk about this uh, book, now I'm 
trying to go find another way of meditating and um, and that's basically now building up uh, so it's a new experience for me so it's just like starting now with new um, and I'm the thing is with this like I don't know if we should go into it now but uh, the theory is very complicated so I'm like well it's kind of like well I wrote it down uh -huh. using your nights as a personal development development moment yeah it's something like this and it's also very useful for people I would say um, because if you look at our day as a society like individuals you don't have much time you don't you don't have time to get bored you don't have time to meditate maybe 20 minutes but everyone sleeps that's what it says in the book and you, you spend your one third of your life sleeping uh, and you just ignore what's happened there you know you're just like oh, I, I had this crazy dream and so on um, and this book which gets deep into it and it's, it's, it's crazy but some like when I share it with some friends of mine it, it, it come across as a voodoo or like some some sort of you know magic stuff and um, like lucid dreams I mean no I mean just this yoga uh, sleeping yoga mm. and, uh, and dreams and so on because uh, when the, also one reason why people are so into meditation it's so like I'm sorry the mindfulness meditation uh, is because it's really apart from the religion part of the uh, meditation is just you know generally acceptable thing you just pay it you sit down and pay attention that's not very religious thing uh, but then when you go deeper there are some things that you you know need to learn about karma and dharma and uh, I don't know this uh, interactions between dimensions and so on so it's not really like uh, easy thing to do um, and I, I still struggle about it like I it's very hard um, but yeah that's the basic idea to use your sleeping time to <laughs> solve your issues <laughs> that's so fucking that's cool. very cool indeed yeah like well uh, I was kind of watching also the interview with the author mm -hmm. and he says like imagine you have a nightmare mm -hmm. but you realize that it's just a dream that you can control the dream you know like you are there in a lucid dream and you're just like accepting that everything that's going is something temporary you know but sometimes like we don't have this ability to be in our dreams and say okay whatever i'm dreaming is not real and mm. i told you sometimes i have like yeah. some vivid dreams that i'm like yeah. sometimes i don't know if i'm awake yeah. or i'm asleep you know because sometimes you also with covid i think that uh because your spaces and like the places you go are so reduced mm -hmm. you end up dreaming with stuff that you see every day yeah so sometimes i would be dreaming with my room and uh -huh. with people that i see every day yeah like in a way of um am i awake you know but then you, yeah. you wake up and you're like fuck has it happened to you that you wake up like yeah. like you know it's it's weird but it's also like there's a question there it's like you think dreams are really real or uh because you know the, you label the real life when you're not sleeping as real but then you don't label sleeping as not real. What do you think about that? Well, if my dreams are real, then I would love, would love to be my dreams. Like, that's, yeah. a, that's the thing that <laughs> when we're kids, uh -huh. and this is something also that like when we grow up in a society where you have this like um, contract, you know? Mm -hmm. Like when you're a kid, you don't have a filter. You're just like a kid that is yeah. laughing around and you're, yeah. you're your true self. Yeah. But then like you grow up and you start like, not oppressing yourself but you're just like reducing some certain stuff that makes you as mm -hmm. a person yourself you know yeah. 
And when you're dreaming, nobody's controlling that. Also because, which is a part of the brain that turns down the lymph? I have no Whatever. <laughs> There's a part in the brain... For sure. <laughs> ...that turns off. Yeah. So, you don't have any restriction. Like, your brain goes wild. And you're just like yourself, and you're just... Everything that you are repressing in your mind pops up. Mm. And that's actually very cool. And like, if you can actually fix the problem since... Like, imagine you go to sleep and you wake up a better person. Yeah. Okay, so we, we are going deep in this again. <laughs> okay, so... We will go back to meditation in a while. Yeah, yeah. So, so the thing is... Um, okay, for me to explain one thing, I, I guess you have basic knowledge of what karma is. Mm. Um, but you can give up. Yeah, I mean, karma is basically um, the actions uh, that you do. And and result of that, you have karmic traces, which are the like the effects of the actions and you have positive uh, karma and you have the negative karma uh, which is basically totally depends on how you react to events and your um, basically patterns and how you grow up and every experience that you live through uh, and those things are even if it's positive karma even if it's negative karma it's somehow constrained to you in 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 this uh, dualistic mind they call it which is uh, you know, sometimes somehow biased view of, of your perception of of the, of the reality, and uh, it just affects you in a way that you cannot control yourself. Uh, so what's what's aimed with this type of yoga is basically, uh, well, destroy the karma in the core when it's like uh, not grown um, or liberated, they call it, um, so that you are free from. Uh, this karmic uh, traces and so on because it's very connected to their belief of afterlife and so on um, but there's also a very nice explanation here that I would like to like maybe mm. read a bit totally. it's, it's, it, it tells about like how your dreams are actually working which is like interesting to me so it says the karmic traces which are those reactions are like photographs that we take of each experience any reaction uh, or any experience of memories, feelings, perceptions and thought is like snapping a photo. And in the dark room of our uh, sleep, we develop the film. So that's when you're sleeping, you develop the film. And then which images are developed on a particular night will be determined by the secondary conditions recently encountered. And some images of or traces are burned deeply into us by powerful reactions, while others resulting from superficial experiences. And they only leave uh, only a faint residue. And our consciousness is described as a projector, which basically trying to make a meaning of those images and make make a movie out of it. And that's basically how your brain works. Um, and that's basically your dream. And so what, what people don't understand in reality is what you do in real life is actually your dreams. It's, it's not coming from nowhere it's it's some encounters that you received or like uh, the, the events that you had to go through and so on um so it's all real um and so the ultimate like uh, aim of that uh type of yoga is basically uh, solving all those images and what they are uh, it's like a puzzle they say it and basically leaving that karma out of your system and like but this is very difficult like as in you need to spend your life entirely on it and so on but um so in the end 
if you manage that, there's no movie, there's no story. It means you have no dreams. Uh, so that's why they call it uh, enlightenment is the end of dreams and uh, known as awakening. Um, so that's the part of it. It's like why people call it awakening is because you are not sleeping anymore. You just wake up to the exact reality that you live in, uh, which is, <laughs> in the sense, it's impossible to do. But that what uh, people claim is this achie achievable. Uh, which through this type of yoga, um, I'm yet to be convinced. <laughs> I'm, He's still sleeping. So. I'm, I'm still sleeping. Like I like sleeping a lot also. But, but dreaming uh, is cool. Like it is cool. I I don't know if I like to stop dreaming. It's no. like a, it's like, like a thing. But you can if you could control your dreams. Yeah. Like kind of like inception uh, you can while. Control. Yeah, but sure. I told you about this. Yeah. Like when you try to control your dreams because this is like lucid dreaming. Yeah. Like you can actually train yourself to sleep in a mo in a moment and like for example drink water and wake up like many moments in the mm -hmm. night because you drink water so if this is a bit um a little tip for whoever is listening <laughs> if you want to listen uh, see what happens in your dreams because sometimes we forget or mm -hmm. we don't dream we say we don't dream but we all dream i think no. but we just we just don't don't remember drink some water and then like mm. your body but a lot you know like before mm -hmm. sleeping and you will wake up and if you wake up after the REM phase... Then you need to pee or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah you go pee uh -huh. and then like you will remember your dreams. Huh. That's why you actually remember your dreams. So you dream seven minutes. That for you are like so much, you okay. know? And it's like if you wake up just after REM phase, you remember your dreams. Mm -hmm. If you don't, because there's like, I think, if I'm not bullshitting too much, <laughs> I think it's five phases of sleep. And it depends on which one you're sleeping. If it's like, it can be deep sleep, or it can be like something that also I was talking about this yeah. with Parish before that, for example, cannabis or sleeping pills, they su they suppress the REM phase yeah. of your sleep. So that's why you don't dream. Yeah. You, you don't dream because you're waking up before that phase. Yeah. You're not having that. Yeah. So it's true. If you want to dream. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you want some well, water? I want some water, maybe. Yes. Okay. You can bullshit a bit until uh -huh. I'll bring some water. What do I talk about? I don't know. Um, yeah, this this stuff is really interesting, really interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I'm really bad at talking. About this. Oh wow, we are one hour in. No one is listening at this point. <laughs> I can I can be more calm. Now. Like no one is listening. <laughs> For sure. Well, but, but yeah. it's so interesting, you know, because like. You have so much knowledge about this. Like, you should fucking do your own podcast. <laughs> no, I don't know. But you can come every Wednesday and we yes. do a fucking <laughs> podcast. Oh my God. But yeah, I mean, this stuff is very interesting to me. Mm. Like, uh, and it's so, like, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes my mind will explode because I have so many interests and so many uh, things to read and so many things to go through. This is, this meditation stuff is not covered probably 2% of my whole like, I don't know, daily things that I go through, mm. which is crazy to me. But I, I, I really like to talk to a lot, uh, you know, because you don't really talk with anyone normally mm -hmm. in life. <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. I don't really talk about it with my friends, without, like, this stuff in, in general. But I'm really happy that we're talking about it. But that. all this spirituality thing, yeah. you know, like, we're all like puzzled. We're all puzzled about yeah. it. So yeah. we're, like, we don't really know how to approach it. Mm -hmm. Like, if you, if you tell about, like, let's talk about, you know, karma like yeah. we're all 
used to this term karma like yeah. oh my god yesterday i fell down because i have a bad karma mm -hmm. so we banalize and we we use words like we knew what yeah. it means but we actually don't yeah. you know <laughs> we don't uh, yeah. no fucking idea yeah. but something that i think is very interesting is that all of us we want we want to be good with uh, with ourselves you mm -hmm. know we want to be like happy and in a good state a um, yeah. good mental state but we don't know how to get there because yeah. we're not really trained to get there yeah and like when you a lot of my friends that are not gonna listen right now because it's already <laughs> one hour one and hour. one second. Yeah. But they're like, yeah, this is very hippie, you know? Like mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, woo, peace. I don't know. Would you would you call Christianity hippie? No. I think Buddhism. Is but you know, like I was I was telling you that you can actually meditate. What you're meditating while a spiritual meditation, you know? Yeah, exactly. When when Muslims pray in the in the mosque, like they, I don't know, uh, sit down and uh, do the ritual. That's a, that's a meditation. Yeah. Connecting to your gods. Yeah, like it's connecting. You're you're getting used to it. Like for yes. example, in Christianity, you have a moment of the mass uh -huh. where you are. You have to go up, then you have to go down, and you have to put, be on your knees yeah. and just like be in silence for a minute and yeah. you know pray to your god and ask for your family and mm -hmm. whatever. You're also visualizing, you know, because like it, th this is also some terms that I checked that are super interesting mm -hmm. that are like um, visualization. Okay, so I'm going to give this definition and you'll tell me what you think about it. So this type of meditation invites you to picture something or someone in your mind. We're essentially replacing the breath, uh, the breath with a mental image as the object, object of focus. It can feel challenging to some, but it's really no different than vividly recalling the face of an old friendly naturally, without effort. And so it is with meditation. By conjuring a specific visualization, we not only get to observe the mind, but we also get to focus on any physical sensations. So in while going to church, you're actually doing visualization. But you're not telling you're meditating, you're just reaching to some spiritual moment, you know? Yeah. 100% agree with this mm. because this is also what I do with this book because it, it really says you need to imagine a god as in like it describes a crazy being floating with the elephant head and all kinds of arms and so on and that says this thing will guide you as your anchor so the thing is when you sleep you cannot focus on your breath so you need to ima Im imagine something so visualize something so that's how you you know keep yourself uh, back to the point uh, as in with the mindful meditation it's just replacing the breath with uh, another visual which they do it in many religion um, I think it's just like people really don't think about those stuff I think that's all that they have the prejudice for it but I think it's very I think we also don't yeah. like labels you know also like if we start I mean this is not really about meditation but like as soon as you label something and you know what it is you're like hmm you know, it's a bit more scary, mm -hmm. but I think meditation is something, meditation and also like something that I really like that meditation and like mindfulness talks about is about, um, wait, I wrote two definitions, the two feelings that you kind of uh, develop with all these practices is empathy and compassion, mm -hmm. you know, like compassion because you're like learning from the experiences, but you're like or also learning how to learn from the experiences of others, you know? Yeah. But like, so I'm gonna give you a definition and you'll tell me of, of empathy and of okay. compassion. let's go. So empathy is understanding and feeling of another's emotions as if they were your own. What do you think? Is that being empathic? 
Yeah and no Wait. at the same time. I think it's uh, it's mostly true, but I, I also would... I don't know. It's very difficult. Can we read it again? Just so, so? The having empathy <laughs> uh-huh. is understanding and feeling um, another's... So, one, uh-huh. so, me understanding your feelings and emotions as if they were my own. Yeah. I think it's correct, in a sense, if you think about it. Yeah, I agree with it. Okay. And compassion. So, it's a broader word, mm-hmm. and it refers to both an understanding of another's pain mm-hmm. and the desire to somehow mitigate the pain. Well, that's the Merriam-Webster definition, uh-huh. you know? But other definition that I found, it was more of like a Tibetan site. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says that it requires wisdom to be a compassionate person. Yes. It, it, it requires a lot of wisdom to be compassionate because the way they talk about compassion in uh, Tibetan Buddhism is like you need to be compassionate about every fucking thing in the universe. It's every sentimental being. It's not only humans. It's the ant. It's the, I don't know, it's the bird. It's everything around you. It's the plant. It's the, it's the planet itself and so on. Um, but it's also very difficult because you know sometimes you're in the fucking traffic and this guy is just being an asshole and you just need to <laughs> my <laughs> like, <laughs> you know and then this guy spills coffee on you or whatever going on in the in, in your work and you're just annoyed by it and just and like it's very hard to feel compassion every fucking i think i wrote hour down. of your day I think I wrote down um, a phrase because of this. Well, something that also is in your book. I think we can say the name. Yeah. Um, it's. I don't want to. It's it up the Tibetan Yogas yeah. of Dream and Sleep. Yes. It's a very nice. It's a very interesting book. Like it's yes. not a book. It's not a novel, so you're not gonna read it like no. <laughs> in one night. But it's not that hard of reading either. You know. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's very nice. Mm. So something there's this quote that is actually nice mm-hmm. uh, that says, "Everything that bothers us is actually in our mind. We blame our unhappiness on the environment, our situation, and believe that if we could change our circumstance, we would be happy. But the situation in which we find ourselves is only the secondary cause of suffering. The primary cause is innate ignorance and the resulting desire for things to be other than they are." Then there's another one that is like. If we react to a situation with negative emotion, the trace left in the mind will eventually influence a situation in life negatively. For example, if someone is angry with us, and we in turn react with anger, we leave a trace that makes it more likely for anger to arise in us again. And furthermore, it becomes more likely for us to encounter the secondary situations which allows our habitual anger to arise. I think it's very hard to be compassionate and yeah. mindful every time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, imagine, like, yeah, you, you can't fight anger with anger, you know? Yeah. What would you do? Um, yeah, I always think, like, I, I had many occasions where, like, I could, um, you know, I don't like this person, uh, and I know this person doesn't like me, um, and this person does, like, I don't know, gets angry to me and I, I also react back to it. And I'm actually like, this is very, very hard for me, but I heard someone saying the next time that someone does something to you and you're really right about it and that the other person is wrong, just let it go. Just see what happens. 
um, like I, I really try to do that now in my life with uh, with the people. I don't try to get angry to anyone. I don't try to get, um, you know, mad about anything more or less. Um, if it's not about me, like as in like myself, that I'm something that I am doing, then I get my mad at myself. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's the essential thing is that you should see those things as a negative uh, karma of that person. Mm. So this person is like, imagine that person was being like seeded with this karma before uh, by some events. And then that was the, you know, um, the walker point that it was like, it just exploded to you. If you would basically do the same thing, you will also have that. And that person will continue having that, or maybe someone in the other in the room will have continue having that, um, and it, it, just remembering that alone will, I think, help a lot of people uh, to just you know let go of those things because no one wins any argument in, in especially the time we are living now. <laughs> no one wins an argument literally. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, it's a very valuable lesson. So. Yeah, so the door got opened. Uh-huh. Um, can you close the door, please? Thank you. <laughs> so that was uh, my flatmate answering <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of our one hour and night minute. But you know, like I will put play on this. You know, like I would actually like want I to also learn want to because like we're we're talking about things that I'm yeah. really interested. Mm-hmm. And I think I find that like, as you said, we don't actually discuss about this because no, like, no. in what moment of the day do you actually do this? No. You know, yeah. there is this phrase that I um, mm-hmm. so if someone is angry with us and our own anger arises, the antidote is compassion. It may feel forced and inauthentic at first, but if we realize that the person irritating us is being pushed around by his own conditioning and own negative karma, as you said. Yeah. We feel some compassion and can start to let go of our negative reactions. So yeah, it's not about only our life, you know, because sometimes we are full of ourselves. Yeah. We're like, yeah, so this happened to me and that's why I'm irritated. Yeah. But the other per- person also has something going around. Yeah. That doesn't justify people being assholes. Yes. So if you're an asshole, mm-hmm. think it through. But still, like, sometimes I really try to be patient with people because I'm like, I have the luck of being how I am, surrounded by the people I have in my life. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people are not that lucky, you know? Yeah. I mean, you create your luck as well, I think, in, to yeah. an extent. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, I'm compassionate because this person doesn't realize that what this person is doing is not right. But nobody is telling this person. And I don't know, there, there can be thousands of things happening to this person, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like when you go to the supermarket and there is like uh, the queue and you say, oh my God, I'm going to be super late. I mean, no. I don't do it, but no. it's an example. Uh-huh. So you're super late and you just like, uh, cut the line. you cut the line. Yeah. And the, you're like, usually I don't do it. Yeah. But today I, f- I am super busy. I have to go. I have to run, whatever. Uh-huh. And you justify, you justify yourself. Yeah. But if it's someone else, you're like this person just got the line mm-hmm. and you're like feeling so stressed and you're yeah. like why but if it's yourself you're like yeah it's justifiable yeah so sometimes we have to stop and think of like mm-hmm. you know what we're doing yeah. is actually something that something that i told a friend today in the morning was like don't do something you don't want mm-hmm. to receive in exchange you know? yeah 
What's the, the correct phrase? Don't do whatever. Uh, <laughs> I guess everyone got it. Yeah, if you didn't get it well, yeah. probably in Spanish is no hagas lo que no quieres que te hagan. How would you say that in Turkish? What was the exact uh, wording? Here? So, don't do something you don't want to be done. Sana yapılmasını istemediğini başkasına yapma. Evet. So for people that don't know, evet is yes in yes. Turkish. <laughs> That's basics. Well, I think we can talk about, like, I want to know, because uh-huh. I will probably forget about this okay. in two years. So, what are your favorite curse words in Turkish? Curse words? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were getting too deep, we need... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it. <laughs> like, but yeah, I mean... Um, Okay, the, not that like vulgar, just like, imagine you hit your toe, what would you say? <laughs> like, fuck your mom or something, <laughs> like, Anuski. <laughs> how, how? Anuski. Okay. <laughs> it's very automatic for like, many Turkish people, it's like, oh, it's like fuck your mom. It's like, uh, yeah, that's that's the go-to. Okay. Yeah, or like, if someone like, pisses you, like, siktir, like, it's like, just fuck off. Um, <laughs> And yeah, those things in general, <laughs> there are more harsh ones but that we actually use in the daily life, but it's just like... <laughs> yeah, let's keep it busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's maybe there's, like, there's like, like a 12-year-old Turkish guy yeah. who listen to this. Guys, I'm, I'm a bad example. Please don't, <laughs> don't quote me. Don't be like us that we have exams and no. <laughs> we're talking about meditation. But you know, like, sometimes people, we have this pressure, you know, of mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, podcast aside and whatever, I'm just telling you like, We're constantly going through so much stress, yeah, you know, like true. all the time. Like I'm a person that I try to not stress. Yeah. Like I'm really a no stress person, but then like some point I'll have stress because <laughs> I'm like I didn't have stress for a whole month yeah. and make some things tomorrow. So yeah, you know. Let's create some. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And now and actually I'm gonna talk about this because. <clears throat> So I am. Uh, my stomach is hurting. Yeah. Like not now, now. But well, I have something that I have to take pills. And now I feel stress, but not like stress, stress. But like your stomach is something super like reactive. Yeah. You know, to this type of stuff. Like yeah. as soon as I get something like I don't like, um, my stomach reacts. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. like we're under so much stimuli daily life that yeah. we're like never really stopping. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not stopping. It's true. We are not. Allowing yourself also to get bored, hmm. I would say, because you also have every time. Like if you have free time, what do you do in the free time? You're checking your fucking phone. If you're saying otherwise, you're a big liar. I don't know. Maybe you're doing sports. Okay, that's working out. It's good. Reading a book is good, but um, that's still entertainment or just like you know doing something. But just when when was the last time you really fucking sit down for an hour or two hours, do nothing? You get fucking crazy. It's uh, the thing is like we are not used to doing this anymore. But uh, well, that's what we used to be. You know, we we didn't have those things, and we just needed to find stuff to entertain ourselves. But now it's just shouting our throat every every day, new content, mm. and new videos, new social media, new things, and so on. So it's uh, no wonder why people are going crazy more in twenty twenty one. Normally, yeah. I mean, also. I, I, I've also heard this that <clears throat> when you let yourself be bored, yeah. also like the brightest ideas can occur. Yeah. Because like 
You know, th this is also something that happens to me and that's why I have insomnia. Now, no, I can sleep like a baby now, <laughs> but sometimes I don't let myself be bored, you know? Like, I'm constantly doing something, so the moment that I can actually process all my information and mm -hmm. everything I've been through through the day, yeah. even if it's not that much, you need that moment in the day. Yeah. And that's the moment in your sleep. Mm -hmm. Like, because your mind is at ease. It's actually, like, bored. Yeah. And the, t the time that gets you to sleep is like between 20 and 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes your brain is like, okay, I'm tired. Okay, just yeah, do something. Yeah, yeah. Let's get moving, you know? Yeah. Because you're not used to get bored. Yeah. So what I did in the first quarantine was just like, I don't know, sometimes I would just like sit down and just like... But that's meditation. Yeah, but stare at nothing, you know? And that's meditation. It is. And you are not conscious about yeah. it. But like, also while... I don't know, doing a coffee or preparing yeah. your, your lunch. Yeah. I would like expressly, I, I would cut the, you know, like I would cut the veggies. Yeah. Like <clears throat> without thinking about anything else than cutting the veggies. Uh -huh. Because this is a two minute meditation thing, but it's also something that keeps you very in the present. Yes. Like you're cutting the veggies and you're just like, oh, okay, so like what would I do? Because I'm a person that, as you can see, <laughs> I. I am like always going from one point to one point. And also, this is something I don't like, you know, because I want to be present. Mm -hmm. And meditation is something that actually helps you. Yeah. But I need stimuli. So I need to say it out loud, like uh -huh. if I was narrating to myself, you know? So let's say I'm, I'm describing, like, so I'm cutting the veggies. I'm like, okay, so this pepper is red and this is green yeah. and this is like huh and what a bright what uh what of a bright day yeah or like wow this knife is like very long yeah. or like oh my god i'm hearing like some so, some noises yeah. in the back all this stuff like you stop for a while and you realize yeah. where you are in the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like <laughs> that's the definition of meditating <laughs> all those people out there who is when they're stressed they're baking cakes you are fucking meditating without realizing it's just cooking and baking specifically because I'm also really into cooking it just takes you out uh, of uh, you know whatever you're dealing with and it just really helps a lot like sports yeah it's just really good but how long do you think you could sit without nothing but your thoughts or like how long you could sit like maximum without like I would probably going fall crazy. asleep <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know like sitting by myself doing nothing uh -huh. I mean I've, I've been used to do this like because in Peru like uh, I don't know my father he bought a, a beach house yeah which there was fucking nothing you know uh -huh. like there was not even light <laughs> at the, that point because okay. like he was a pioneer of that yeah. beach you know like because when I was younger I I loved the sea yeah but I was also asthmatic so it was a love-hate relationship uh -huh. that was very sad and he bought this house there yeah and there was nothing, like nothing. So I would just like go there and be by myself, uh -huh. with myself, because there was no Wi-Fi. Okay. And I get bored easily, so I can't be with a uh, playing on a phone. Yeah. You know, I can't. So I would just be like staring at nothing, or like going to the beach and like literally staring at the beach and then the sea, mm -hmm. and being like there, like okay, so what now? Yeah. You know. So I'm I'm okay with getting bored, mm -hmm. but with quarantine and with the phones and all yeah. this stuff. I'm just like scrolling and I'm like, stop, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I need to put my phone somewhere else. Yeah. And it's really addictive. It is, it is true. And the thing is, when <laughs> one of the most terrifying moments that I had in the recent, uh, I think it was last week or something like this, I, I, I wanted to meditate. 
I wanted to meditate for 35 minutes. Um, no, what I do normally is just I put the um, alarm, uh, not the alarm, but uh, yeah, like say, the, the <laughs> countdown. Time watch. Yeah, yeah. Timer. Stopwatch. Timer. Stopwatch. Stopwatch. Something like this. Timer, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I set it to 35 minutes and I leave it. Uh, but what I normally feel like in the last five or four minutes, I'm like, I need this to be over, you know, like I can't, I'm just done, you know, <laughs> I either gonna sleep or I'm either gonna do something or check the fucking phone, I need to do something. And in this specific occasion, it just, this moment was too long and I was like about to go crazy, like literally go, about to go crazy and I don't like quitting, like it, like this is like my personal Mama issue. didn't raise a quitter. No, uh, <laughs> but, but it, the thing is, <laughs> I sit through it uh and that there come came a point and i'm like this cannot be correct <laughs> and I just, I'm like i'm breaking it because there's like literally nothing on my mind and thinking like how much <laughs> time left like my brain cannot focus on no fucking breathing nothing and i check i by mistake i put 35 hours <laughs> instead of 35 minutes and i've been sitting there for 65 minutes <laughs> which is like double of what I'm supposed to do and I was like fuck <laughs> but I managed but it was terrifying it was like literally terrifying but also it's the fact of like what do you do by yourself so if you do meditation every day yeah you're very aware of everything yeah. so 65 minutes of your day yeah I mean if you have that time yeah. really like because if we have no thing nothing to do afterwards like, okay. I mean, the thing is, what you do at night. <laughs> like, tell me from 8 to 1, like, or like 12 when you sleep, what, what are you doing in that time period that is useful? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. But it depends. Some people are very productive at night. Yeah. Some people are at day. Like, yeah. when I was studying law, yeah. I was always studying at night. Like, I, I also used to do all day long, I would be doing nothing, like mm -hmm. now, but <laughs> now, instead of doing nothing a day, yeah. at night, I'm like, yeah. you know what, it's 10, <laughs> we're going to go fucking yeah. sleep. But That's like, true. before I would be like, I would start at 8, yeah. and I would study until I would fall asleep, so mm -hmm. 5, and it was actually productive, like, yeah. because the night has, it's another life, you know? Yeah. Um, for example, next, next week, I'm going to have um, a guest that also has a night schedule. And uh, he's very productive at night, you know, and he wakes up like, I don't know, 11. Yeah. No, he goes to sleep at 11, you know, at depending. In the morning. Yeah, yeah. It depends. Wow. No, 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 no. I used to be that person. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Actually, you're kind of missing out in the day, you yeah. know, you're missing out in the day completely. So that's why I, I kind of, now I want to sleep always like between 11, 12. Yeah. But then like, I mean. I start one video, one podcast, and I end up at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. That what happens. <laughs> and I'll probably do that tonight. I'll yeah. listen to this podcast before I'm sleeping. For sure, I'm going to listen to this podcast. But, like, I, I... Okay, people out there, if you are fucking, like, sleeping so late, it's not good, really. No. Like, I've, I've been this type of person for 22 years of my life that I was sleeping at 7, 8, 9 in the morning and then sleep, wake up at 12 in the... Uh, afternoon or one in the afternoon or something like this and the people always tell me I was like yeah you should change that. I was like no I'm productive at night I do stuff at night and then and, and now I started to <laughs> wake up at 4 a.m. every day and now sleeping at 11 12 uh, more or less like I don't need much sleep for some reason but uh, I feel like I'm living literally two days someday sometimes three days in single 
day mm. because it's just I have so much time to do. I wake up at four, uh, I, I go run, I go make a breakfast and I study. Uh, I don't know, I check podcasts, I check YouTube, I check Instagram, mm. I check, I talk with my friends. I check the fucking time, it's 9 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> it's 9 a.m. and like... Yeah, that, like, that happens. Yeah, and I, I love it. I, like, I, that thing, I, I think one of the best decisions I've ever made to change my routine from being a night person to, you know, the morning. Mm. Like, I told you, I, I started this yoga challenge of waking up every day at 6.30. Yeah. It's hard. Like, it the first hard. days... It was so hard. Like, I mean, now, I, like, today, I, I couldn't. Because I was like, well, I'm a bit sick, so, like, the pills I'm taking, it's like, it yeah. fucking gets to me to sleep. Yeah. But something that I really like, for example, it's also that I work with the sun, you know? In Peru, I would wake up with the sun yeah. at seven. Like, yeah. even if my mom listens to this, she would yeah. say, this is fake. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I love to sleep. Yeah. But, like, The weather also regulates, you know, like, for example, the sun goes out and you follow this course of the day. Yeah. You're also, I don't know, you're leaving the day. Yeah, yeah, But no. when you're sleeping very, very late or like, yeah, your day is over. You miss out, miss, miss a lot of stuff yeah. in the day out. That's very true. But yeah, I mean, if you have a habit and you have like this discipline that, I mean, I'm yeah. joking about it, but like yeah. you <laughs> need to have fucking discipline. Shout out to Joko <laughs> <laughs> out <laughs> no but it's true like you need discipline and yeah. i think that yeah waking up early will get you to do more stuff even if you take a nap in the day yeah fine. by the way our friends are told what, what time uh, is it? they think they're weird that it's <laughs> oh my god that's what that's why Celia entered i think <laughs> <laughs> Did you realize? maybe we should uh, Yeah, I think so. We are recording this on uh, this podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. We didn't talk. Oh my god. Um. Okay, so I think we're gonna wrap up now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're mad at us. <laughs> yeah, because we actually turned our phones. Yeah. <laughs> to be in in the to be present. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, that's what you do in the podcast. Man. <laughs> you leave your phone for one hour and twenty five minutes, and people go crazy. <laughs> crazy on you but that's crazy that's very true it's like, true it's you turn your phone one hour and then he literally asked me are you alive like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even kidding alive. but it's also the fact that we are always like you always have the double yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah that's so true. i don't know if you are interested about meditation but we're gonna for sure do this again so <laughs> probably because there are many things that we didn't even yeah. think, like, talk about totally yeah I loved it. It was very good talking Thanks to you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. You're you're always more than welcome. I'm Thank telling you. you, you're my my Duncan Trussell <laughs> with Joe Rogan. So that's great. Yes. Well, let's see you next time. And thank you for one hour twenty six minutes twenty nine seconds of your life. Thank you to you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, people. Ciao.